Prepare to experience the strongest radio allowable by law. Secrets will be revealed. Myths dispelled. From the studio gym where excuses never apply. It's Superhuman Radio with your host, Carl Lenore. Welcome back to another episode of Superhuman Radio. Today is Thursday, and we have Military Fitness Radio. And we've got some shocking stuff to talk about today, plus some good stuff about training. Um, but I'll let my co-host, Nate Morrison, deliver those blows in just a second. We have to thank All-American Pharmaceutical for a generous sponsorship grant that they provide to the show. Really, they do uh, single-handedly keep the show going. And uh, you can go to net and click any one of the uh, EFX banner ads and get six of their top-selling items absolutely free. Try them before you buy them. That's what they believe in. So check that out. And uh, I don't think I'm going to waste any more time. I got to play. I, I have his theme music all queued up here. Here we go. My dad is serving the army. We lost his right eye, One of my favorite songs. How you doing, Nate? I'm doing great, Carl. How are you? In the in the beautiful Pacific Northwest, huh? Well, almost uh, out in Colorado, out in uh, Estes Park, Colorado, and uh, yeah, just one of the most beautiful places on earth. Yeah, you lucky guy. And you're doing what you <laughs> like, and you're doing what you love to do, and that is being physical, right? Yeah. I mean, if you yeah. had to, if you had to sit in an office all day long, you would probably start chewing your own fingers. <laughs> I did that for the last five years, and, and yeah, it's, um, it, there's nothing worse than feeling yourself die behind that desk. I feel and, it. You uh, know what? It's funny you say that. I obsess. I stress out about it because I, I, feel, uh-huh. I keep saying to myself, i got to change the way I do things. I have to get out from behind this desk all day long. I really, really do. Yeah. I know it. I know it. Yep. Well, it's, it's amazing. When, you know, once, once you, you know, if you've got a little medical knowledge, a little physical training knowledge, and you start paying attention... You know, you can feel, you literally just feel, you know, your, your muscles atrophy, your nerves start to, uh, to atrophy themselves. You know, you, you can just kind of feel yourself falling apart. It's my conditioning. Those... For me, it's my conditioning. Yeah. I, my conditioning is the worst it's ever been, except maybe when I turned 39 and I had a heart problem. Yeah, yeah. I mean, between, well, I'm, hob- the... I'm hobbled by my foot. I go, in, I go in the eighth of this month to have surgery on my foot, and then it's six more weeks without using the foot. Uh, right, but I'm right. hobbled by my foot. I can't really do a whole lot. I can't walk. Mm-hmm. I can ride a bicycle yeah. and, and I can row, and that's what I started doing. I just started rowing. So yeah, yeah, something's better than nothing. That's yeah. for darn sure. Yeah, absolutely. Well, when you get back up um, on your feet, there, let uh, let myself and Doc Higgins know, and, and we'll help you rehab that. Get get back on your feet, literally. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I'm get gonna going again. I'm Definitely. Gonna but what I, but what I do have is desire i can't wait to be able to jog and run again i can't be able i can't wait to be able to get up in the morning and just go out for a walk without wondering if i'll make it there and back because my foot will hurt so bad yeah yeah well and it's it's you know it's one of those things too i think if you were to really do some uh i i actually think you have i think you've done a lot of introspection and, and think about it if you're i mean for example i mean i'm up here in the mountains and think about what happens 
if you get injured and, and, and you hurt your foot and now you can't walk. I mean, it's a death sentence. Yeah. You know, it, yeah. It, as far as, you know, the, you know, the, the original human being in nature, you know. Right. So we've got to take care of ourselves the right way and, and put the ego aside. We've got to put that pride aside. And, and who cares how much you can squat? If you can't walk, what's the point, you know? Yeah. No, I, I, I'm so sad. I, I, you know, I really am struggling with depression right now at this point in my life, and I really think a mm-hmm. lot of it has to do with, with the fact that my conditioning has just gone away. I really am. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's so important. I mean, because that that good aerobic base means that your you know your entire neurological system is functioning right. You know, your brain is functioning well. That's one of the things I've noticed is that when I lost my conditioning, um, you know, you get a lot of brain fog when you do that. Um, Bingo. There's something about yeah. <laughs> Does it suck? Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. So uh, I want to lead off with this story, um, this first story that we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about We're going to cover a lot of stuff today. It's going to be a really fun show. Uh, and at the end, we're going to cover the uh, force production method of training, which I really want to get into because Liam Tweed yeah. and I had a little messaging discussion about high-intensity <laughs> training of Arthur Jones. And the reality is that Nate Morrison has taken what Arthur Jones did and actually made it work. And we're going to talk about that later in the show. Um, so I, I guess I shouldn't be shocked because you and I have talked about this offline and online that the fact that so many Americans are in such horrible shape that the pickings are slim uh, for recruiters yeah. today to get people even into the military. But even when they can get in, they are, they're not obese. They, are, they fit uh, the form fit that they're looking for. They can do the some of the basics. It appears that they don't have the skill sets, the coordination, the coordinated strength to throw a grenade far enough away from themselves and their comrades where the grenade <laughs> won't actually blow them up. This is shocking to me. So, Nate, I said to Nate, how heavy is a grenade? And, of course, Nate, you know, he's like 400 grams. Like, because, yeah, of course, you know, it's a 400 gram. I learned that when I was still in diapers, Nate said to me. Um, I'm like, well, what is that like? And I'm scratching my head. I said, is that like 17 ounces? He goes, no, it's 14 ounces. I'm saying, so you're telling me less than a pound, they can't chuck it far enough away to where they won't be killed by their own grenade. I am frigging, I'm speechless. Yeah. Yeah. Think about it for for just a second. I mean, you're, you're so weak. I mean, just think, I mean, and I mean, if you want to think about the weight of something, um, you know, think of something that's just two ounces heavier than a Coke. You know, you go and you go in the store, you get a can of Coke, and it's twelve ounces, right? And and you know, something that's maybe two ounces heavier than that, and you can't throw that. You know, I mean, the the standard is twenty five meters, but the the lethal radius is five meters, and of course, inside ten meters, you don't really want to be there either. Um, but I mean, you you know, you you can't throw a Coke can. 25 meters are you out of your out of your mind but the thing is is that you know what they're looking for you know you're recruiting people you're you're really your recruiting pool comes down to less than one percent of the military age population of of this country um you know 75 percent of 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 the population is uh not qualified for military service simply on account of body composition they're either overweight or over uh, or, or obese. So there's 75% gone. Um, of the 25% that remains, you know, 
a very tiny percentage of those people are even interested and so on and so forth. So you whittle it all down. And, and then what you still are left over with is someone who's, who's never done sports, who's never played baseball, football, soccer, whatever, uh, never lifted weights, never been athletic in their lives. They sat around and played video games. Um, they're, you know, probably kind of that, that skinny fat. They're not necessarily overweight or obese, but they also don't have any muscle and they don't have any skill. Right. And then when you, you know, the fact of the matter is, is that when you take something uh, of that weight and you throw it, especially if you throw it incorrectly, you know, you can, you, you can actually dislocate your shoulder yeah. Yeah. if you throw it wrong. Yeah. Um, but, but the fact that we can't get people that can even throw that, say, 10 meters is just shocking, you know? And, and uh, you know, your comment to me was, well, how the hell are we going to win a war? And, um, well, I mean, if you, can't, you know, if, you can't, if you can't chuck a soda can like a football, right, and get yeah. it to go, you know, 20 yards away from you, 30 yards away mm-hmm. from you, then how can you thrust... Uh, a bayonet. How can you, right? You know, wrestle someone off of you when they're trying to kill you, or how could you yep. lift something off of a comrade that's you know to, uh, to, to that's pinned him to the ground? Like I, I, we, you know, I have heard from a lot of the politicians today that our military is the most unprepared mm-hmm. it's ever been. And and I've always thought they were exaggerating because they want the budgets, and I'm all for military budgets. You know what? Um, I, 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 I believe in guns because I'm a responsible person. And I'm not going to shoot somebody because I'm a jerk. I'm not going to just get mad yep. at somebody. Okay. So I'd rather have a gun than not have a gun because I, I may never use my gun for self-defense in my entire life. And that's fine with me. Right. But, yeah. But yeah. at least I have it. The old saying better to have it and not need it than to need it and not have it. I'm a big sub- yep. subscriber. So I'm all for a strong military in the hands of the United States of America, because by and large, while we do some crappy things from time to time, we're not, you know, we're not the, the ones that are out there, you know, genocide and, you know, killing people. Mm-hmm. We, we can actually act more like police department. We are the weakest we've ever been right now. Yeah. And not only from a budgetary military internal foundation standpoint, but the people joining couldn't punch their way out of a paper bag when they get in in the first place, which means that the yeah. military has to take even more time to teach them remedial tasks like throwing something. Yeah, yeah. Well, and not only that, Carl, but it has an impact on budgets significantly because when, when you reduce the individual fighting man's ability to fight, what you then have to do in order to win is you have to leverage technology. And technology is... is uh, there's got to be a word that's that's bigger than exponential, but it's exponentially exponentially more uh, expensive. You know, so for example, if if you're going to rely on instead of closing with the enemy and finishing them off in, in close quarters with firearms and bayonets and whatnot, um, if your guys can't do that, then what you're doing is you're relying on things like airstrikes. And you know, um, I don't remember exactly what the uh, the per hour cost is for an F-16. I want to think. I want to say it's somewhere around eight thousand dollars an hour to fly that airplane. Um, I know that it's five thousand uh, dollars an hour for a C one hundred and thirty, um, just in fuel and 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 maintenance and all that kind of thing. Um, you, you know, I mean, it, it, and then how many aircraft does it take to support the F sixteen? And then how much does that do, do those bombs cost and and all that sort of thing? 
um, it's an exponential cost when your fighting men can't do what they're supposed to do. I mean, basically, they're just going out there getting shot at and saying, okay, well, you know, let's bring in the really expensive toy and, and bomb them. And that's, that's, that's the road to ruin because that's unsustainable over the long run. Um, and while I'm very, very critical of the military-industrial complex and, and all of their uh, corrupt shenanigans, at the same time, there's actually kind of a, a point and a justification to it because if your guys can't fight and, and they don't do a very good job of it these days, uh, unfortunately, I mean, this is the thing that no one else will say, so I guess I'll say them, um, you know, then you have to rely on that. And like I said, that is the road to ruin. Um, if we just pulled everyone back and we focused on physical development uh, and, and, and recruiting the right people and, and making uh, appropriate standards very public and trying to uh, say, hey, this is the way that you should train, not this way, which is what I've been trying to do for 20 years and nobody listens, um, you know, then, then we wouldn't need all of the fancy toys and gadgets and spend all that money. Um, so it's very frustrating to me. Well, so but let's, let's take another uh, angle on this, right? So when you don't the, – the reason during um, some of the earliest televised wars, you started to uh, see some new phraseology when we were bombing things, right? They were using terms mm-hmm. like precision yep. bombing, um, surgical bombing. Mm-hmm. They were using these terms because they know that – the only precision approach to winning a war is to have feet on the ground because then you're just killing the enemy. When, yes. when you, when you, when you, I mean, I mean, back in Vietnam, we caught, we called it carpet bombing because we had no, <laughs> no, we had no moral concern for anybody that was caught in the middle of that. We were just going to carpet bomb the country, kill everything, right. you know, let God sort them out. But now yep. we have more moral conscience. We don't want to hurt people that don't deserve to be hurt. And so we have to have these laser-guided bombs so that we could surgically put them down the air shaft of a building and blow the building up. But even those approaches take civilian casualties with them. And, and, yeah. and you, have to, you have to acknowledge the fact that when the military, military can't do what it does best, which is put warriors on the ground. Mm-hmm then they have to do something that ends up with a lot more civilian casualties, and that is to, to, to turn to the products that support the, the industrial military complex that you're talking about. We need to start bombing things. And then we go, oh, that was a hospital. Oh, man. You know? Yeah. No, the, yeah. the guys on the ground would have known it was a hospital. They, would, they went in and killed everybody. Right, right. That's right. Yeah, and, and you know, there's been a lot of advances for sure in, in all of that, but it's just it's not enough, and it's you know, we, we rely on, on, on air power for too many things. I mean, air power has become a very much a, a, a thing where it's like, well, we have a hammer, and so everything's a nail. Yep. And it's like, no, no, there's a lot more nuance in, in war. And if you're not willing to do that, you know, I, I don't know what you're doing there. Um, you know, because we're, uh, you know, just because you go out and create a lot of damage doesn't mean that you're winning. And, and you know, there's a lot of that going we, on. We, you know, saw, you we, saw that, the, we saw that in Vietnam. Yeah, we, we we caused a hell of a lot of damage, but we didn't win anything. Right, right, absolutely. You know, you you can win every battle and lose the war. I mean, right. it's that's 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 where strategy comes in, and a lot of it has to do with being honest. 
with ourselves. And that's mm. something that our government and, and the DOD hasn't bothered to do for decades. Um, really, I think probably since World War II, and there was a good bit of it really all the way back. I mean, it, 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 ever since we've had a standing army um, after the Civil War and especially after World War I, uh, we've had some real trouble with with dishonesty. And, um, you know, one of the things that, that has always bothered me is, for example, the way that we look at certain metrics. And so, for example, in Iraq and Afghanistan, you have the State Department running around and they're declaring success and victory all over the place. Yet, you know, for those of us there, we're sitting there saying, well, how, on the, how can you say that? And it turns out that the State Department measures success by the amount of money that they hand out, not by the number of schools that are actually built, not by the number of textbooks, not by the number of children that are finally in school. No, no, just by the amount of money they hand out to people, which, of course, goes right into their pockets and never gets put into local so, so it could be so, so it could be said that they gauge success by intention and not results. Right, right. Like if we're giving yeah, you well, money and you say you're going to build a school, we're fine with that. Go, go you know, we did the right. Look, well, yeah. we gave him the money. We can't help that he, he used it to buy, you know, nuclear warhead, you know? Right, right. And, and all it does is it turns around and justifies their budget. They say, well, you know, we spent this much money doing this in Iraq. And it's like, yeah, but you didn't get any. There's no, you know, that's, that's why the government, you know, Government should never be this big. Government will never run like a business because when you look at that, you say, yeah, but we have zero, maybe not, maybe worse than zero. We have a negative return on investment. Where is your return yeah. on investment? And there is none. But that's true and, of government. And, that's true of government in every area that they're involved in because their attitude yeah. is they are, they, they don't, first of all, government doesn't have money. They take money from the people. That's right. And then. Yep. They spend that money, and they're not accountable mm-hmm. to anyone at all. So yeah. they, they and, and if they want more money, they don't have to work for it. They just find a way to get people to give them more money, or they move money from one budget to another. And no right. one in government is ever accountable. You know, the way I look at it is you are a stockholder in the United States of America. I am a stockholder yeah. in the United States of America. I buy stock every time I pay taxes. That's right. And I should be able to sequester and ask questions about where did this go and what did it do but the government doesn't yep. see us that way they they see us as insignificant just give us your money and shut up we'll run things right right and, and that's yeah and, and i mean no company would would ever tolerate that and neither should we i mean we we really need to, to do something about that and it's and you know this this particular story is just such a great example because government said we're not going to actually solve this problem of, of recruits being weak. We're just going to drop the requirement. And, you know, the, the, the U.S. government has a long, long history of just dropping things and, and declaring success. Um, you know, when I was over in Iraq uh, closing it down, um, Obama said, you know, we're not going to leave until we get all these guys on the list. Well, his solution to that issue, because it's not that simple, was to simply take everyone off the list and then declare victory. <laughs> I mean, good. literally, that's what he did. And, and, and you know, so it's the same thing here. It's, it's like, well, we have a problem. Oh, there's no problem. That's not a requirement anymore. So no problem. Really? I mean, that's, that's, I mean, that's negligent and it's immoral on, on so many levels. And, um, and, and I can't believe that there just hasn't been, you know, national uproar over this. I'm certainly up in arms about it. Um, 
you know, but uh, I, I don't know what it's going to take to get people to care. I, I just don't understand. Um, well, but, how, rate, but, but how? But how can you care? You, you know, it's flabbergast the crap out of me. Yeah, I hear the stuff that's going on today in the news. Mm-hmm. One group is saying that the building is white. The other group is saying that the building is blue. And yeah. we all have eyes, and we can see what color the building is. Yet the mm-hmm. liars are never exposed as liars and punished. The rhetoric right. just keeps going on and on mm-hmm. and on. And I can't even pay attention to it anymore because it's yeah. like watching two six-year-olds fight over a toy. You know, I want to put them <laughs> both over my knee and spank the crap out of them and send them to yep. their rooms because this is not a solution. I want to take a break. And when we come yeah. back, I want you to tell me how important the hand grenade is in the first place in, in the okay. business of war. Is it even sure. some, is it something that they said, you know, we need to phase this out because we're really not using them anymore, so it's not hurting us? Or do they serve a purpose? We're talking with Nate Morrison, Military Fitness Radio. His website is militarymultisport.com. You can train with him from afar. Check it out. We'll be right back. Hey, this is Carl. Start your day just like I do with a high-dose lipospheric vitamin C from Live On Labs. You, too, can benefit from Live On Labs' lipospheric delivery system. No more pills or powders. That's outdated technology. Live On Labs has the world's most efficient vitamin delivery system, period. Learn a lot more today at liveonlabs.com and benefit from their new reduced pricing. That's liveonlabs.com, L-I-V-O-N, labs.com. There's growing interest in hemp CBD products within the fitness and wellness communities for focus and recovery. Are you one of those people? Then check out the H-Hemp Company. Learn why they only use U.S.-grown hemp. See how a portion of every purchase at the H-Hemp Company goes to helping stop the opioid and anti-anxiety drug epidemics. The finest full-spectrum hemp preparations with benefits patented by the U.S. Department of Health. Honestly, use code SHR and save 20% off plus free shipping. The H-Hemp Company. If you follow my transformation on Facebook, you've been wondering what I've done to create such dramatic results. One of the things is I've started every day with the Kegenics Prime and then trained fasted and remained fasted till my first meal at 2 o'clock. Kegenics Prime gives me all the energy I need while shutting down hunger. And since the ketones are bound to a quad mineral blend, I'm getting all the magnesium, calcium, potassium, and sodium I need to keep my minerals in balance. Try Kegenics Prime yourself. Go to superhumanradio.com and click the Kegenics banner ad today and save 25% off your first purchase. Kegenics Prime. I couldn't have done it without it. What if a sports nutrition company actually let you try all of their best products for free before you ever bought one? You'd be dreaming, right? Well, you're not dreaming. Head over to efxsports.com and grab their new sample kit that includes not one, not two, but six of their top sellers. That's right. Six different samples of their top sellers sent out to you immediately to try. Just cover a small shipping and handling fee, and they're on their way to you. See for yourself why EFX Sports has taken the industry by storm and why so many athletes worldwide depend on their products, dominate their competition safely and legally. Head over to EFXSports.com right now and click the EFX Sample Kit in the online store and get your free kit today. Once again, that's EFXSports.com. If you suffer from abdominal bloating, relief is here. Introducing Atrantil. Developed by a board-certified gastroenterologist, it relieves bloating where it starts, in the small bowel. That's why Atrantil. 
works, while other remedies don't. In clinical trials, 88% of bloating sufferers who use prescription medications with no relief found relieve their symptoms, and it's available without a prescription because is made from a patented molecular combination of botanical extracts. It's not a probiotic. Plus, it's natural, vegan, gluten-free, and non-GMO. A-T-R-A-N-T-I-L 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 Even the name is proven to make you feel better. Go to lovemytummy.com and use code SHR for 10% off. That's code SHR at lovemytummy.com. Lovemytummy.com. Age forces popular DHEA plus pregnenolone patches. Buy one, get one free. That's right. Go to superhumanradio.net and click the Age Force banner ad today. And take advantage of this amazing patch that delivers both DHEA and pregnenolone through the skin into the bloodstream. Again, superhumanradio.net listeners, go to the website and click the Age Force, buy one, get one free DHEA and pregnenolone patch today. Take advantage of this amazing offer. You're listening to the Superhuman Channel. We're ripped and we're ready. Got a lot of great topics to cover today. We're going to talk about training using the force production method, which is working amazingly for me. And I predicted it to work amazingly for most people, especially the people who need to learn how to throw grenades. How important, how, how important, how important is the grenade in warfare? I mean, is it even, I mean, I remember when I was a kid, I would watch, you know, black and white movies about World War II and they were always chucking grenades and, but do they even use them anymore? Yeah, yeah, they do. But uh, the one thing that uh, that's been interesting in the last twenty years is that uh, the 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 frequency of of use and and really of training and and whatnot grenades have kind of become. Um, well, I guess let me back up. The military itself has become so astonishingly and unbelievably uh, overly safety conscious that they do very little training with grenades, right, and yeah, and and it's, because because it's really because 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 what they're concerned about is the aptitude of the average soldier may yeah. put people in harm's way in his platoon if you give him a grenade. He may he, he, he like this. He may not throw it far enough. He may pull the pin and and leave it there. It's like yeah. It's 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 become um, it's become the tide, uh, the tide pods. You know that that kids are eating. <laughs> that the grenade has become for the military. Like no, we don't want them. We don't want them blowing themselves up. Let's not give them any grenades. Wait a minute, they're soldiers. <laughs> right, right. Well, and and it, and this is unfortunate because, uh, in my opinion, I mean, uh, the the only the only downside I see the grenades is that uh, there's a fairly high dud rate with them. Uh, there's, sort of, there's some kind of quality control issues and. In my experience, there's about a thirty percent dud rate, so that's not very good. Wait, and say that again. What's what's the percentage of duds? About thirty percent. Holy crap! Who's who's yeah. who's the pay? Who's the guy buying those? That what what the hell? Yeah, I, I I don't know, but I you know we tested this years ago. We literally took several cases out into the desert and just you know did our own informal study, and and thirty percent of every case. Uh, failed to detonate, and then of course we had to have the explosive ordnance disposal guys come out and 
and uh, and blow them up. So it, it gave them some. Uh, well, they didn't appreciate it very much. You know, they but never appreciate okay, so when, th- when this it's is, live. This is not. This is not a high tech item, right? It's no, got, it's no, got a fuse. It's got a triggering device. It's got a safety. Yep. It's got a pin, and then it's got mm-hmm. metal that's designed to frag. That's basically yeah. it. I I don't that's understand it. if we could build computers that fit in our pocket why can't they get 100% or even 99% effectiveness of these grenades this doesn't make it who's making grenade who makes grenades like what what who's the who's the the the, the company that commission that that the military pays I, I would have to find out. I, I actually. I would love to know because I don't want to buy anything yeah. they make, especially if they build cars. I don't want any of their cars either. Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you you would uh, you would think that it would be it would be a little bit higher quality control, um, and, and sadly, it's not. Now, there's a lot of different. Now, I say that. Now, that's there are a number of different types of grenades out there. So you know, just your your normal fragmentary grenade. Um, you know, they don't do the pineapple style anymore. It's, it's literally called the baseball style. And, um, you know, it, it, it's, you know, those, those aren't super reliable, but I'll tell you, um, I've never thought, gosh, I, I really don't like these grenades and, and I wish that I had less of them. I always have thought to myself, I wish they were lighter and I wish I could carry more of these damn things because they're great. Um, so when, you know, when it comes to close combat, they're fabulous. Um, especially for confined spaces, um, you know, especially like in World War II, where you, you know, where you did have that close, that close in fighting that you're, you know, you're throwing grenades into, into trenches and foxholes and bunkers and, um, in, in the urban setting, you're throwing them into rooms and houses and cellars and whatnot. Um, it really, it, it, it's a huge force multiplier for you because, you know, that means that you can, you can bring a little hate and discontent to the enemy before you have to put yourself physically yeah. in harm's way. In fact, that's how I've um, always, other than war movies from World War II, the way I've always seen grenades used is to clear mm-hmm. a room. You know, like, it, like you kick a door in, you throw a couple grenades in, you wait for them to explode, and then you go in with your guns out. Of course, these guys, their ears are ringing. If they didn't get hit with yeah. the frag, they're, they're, they're shocked, and now you have the advantage. Right, and, and, and you bring up another point. You know, we have... Um, those are those. Uh, there's a couple different types. So you know, the conventional military would would clear rooms and whatnot uh, with regular grenades. Um, special operations tends to use what's called flashbangs, which is just a lot of light and a lot of noise. Right. Um, and those actually have, I mean, I would say a 99% and better uh, reliability rate. I mean, I've only ever seen two or three in my entire career that didn't that didn't go off. Um, so it's a much higher uh, uh, reliability rate than the than the fragmentary grenades, um, and then there's there's also riot control ones that that uh, explode and it's just rubber pellets um, that hurt. Um, are there are, and, aren't there incendiary grenades that literally like will start a big fire when you throw them into something? Oh yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. Incendiary grenades; those are uh, thermite, and yeah, those are fabulous. Um, they they burn at thousands of degrees and. Um, and melt everything that they touch and burn everything they touch. Um, so, yeah, yeah. I mean, and those aren't very common. I mean, that's used to destroy equipment. You know, if you want to destroy the engine block of something or you've got a stack of radios that you want to destroy, you know, you pile it all up, you know, build a sand dam around it and um, toss it in there. And it just, it just, it burns really bright and, and oozes out, you know, 5,000 degree metal and just, just burns everything below it. Um, so the so, so the bottom know, line is cool. grenades serve an important role yeah, in yeah. warfare, 
But because do. we don't have soldiers who can competently and effectively throw them far enough away from themselves, we have to do away with the grenades. Yep. Right, right. And it's a physical preparation thing. Every, everyone has, has weak, dysfunctional shoulders. Um, and, and, you know, if you throw an item hard, uh, that that weighs a lot like that. You, you know, you can throw your shoulder. You can literally dislocate your but, shoulder. But you know, but you know, um, you know, you know what, Nate? I, I I've seen how they throw grenades back in World War II, right? They kind of yeah. they kind of do it like a shot put, almost. You know that? Yeah. You, yeah. you don't you don't throw yeah. it overhand. But you know what I was thinking? Correct. Underhand. You could probably throw a grenade underhand, probably fifteen twenty yards easily with a nice arc in it. You know what I mean? Well, you you know you could if you practiced, but I've seen people do that, and I've seen it go bad real quick. Really? Because what they don't, what they're not used to. So you want to do this with a with a practice grenade about ten thousand times before you do it with for real. Because what will happen is that weight they're not used to the weight, and they'll let it go early, and oh. it just skips off the ground right in front of them. Yeah. Um, and that's that's the day that everyone has to run home and change their underwear real quick. Right. Um, you know, so. But, I mean, absolutely. And, I mean, I've done it myself. Um, you know, I mean, there's – you throw it however you can. I mean, in, in training we teach that. Yeah, you don't throw it like a baseball, although lots of people do, and, and I often have. Um, but, you know, you kind of cock your body back, and, and you, you throw it basically from, let's say, uh, your right side over your head to the left side kind of thing, um, you, know, that, you know, because that way the shoulder's safest. But it it does get very difficult to be accurate using that technique, um, and so you tend to kind of do a hybrid of that and a, and a baseball throw, something kind of in the middle, and then you know after practice you'll kind of develop your own style that that works well for you. Um, and but it, but the thing is is that it's important to practice, and um, you know the, the the real the real downside or the real bummer is that you know in 25 years i've never seen on active duty or guard and reserve i've never seen a practice grenade we had to go buy our own really um, they, and and yeah and they never they never they never had us practice outside of uh of basic training you know it, it was never they never did that so we said listen we've got to do that and we went and we got a couple of cases um you know every every year or so we'd, we'd get a couple of cases um, and we'd go out to the range and, and we'd, we'd practice, you know, basically until we couldn't, couldn't throw the damn things anymore. Um, it's very important that you do that because it's a high skill type of thing that you have to do. Uh, but what we see is, is the infantry not even bothering to, uh, to, to give them out or they give them out. And it's like, well, you've got to tape them up really good. And then only your senior sergeants are allowed to even use them. And there's just all kinds of buffoonery that goes on because no one's trained, no one's proficient, no one's accurate with them. Um, and, and so it's just, it's, it's bloody ridiculous, you know? Yeah, it's great. What, so, what, what is the effective range of a frag grenade? Like, um, I know you got to get uh, it far away from you, but what, what's the, 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 the range for it? They, they say deadly range is five meters and anywhere inside of 15 meters, you're going to have a really, really, really bad day. Yeah. Um, and the only reason for that is that there's only so many fragments. Right. You know, I mean, it's certainly lethal to to further ranges than that. But uh, typically what happens is the way that it explodes, some of it will go into the ground. The rest of it kind of goes up and out. And so if you're 25 meters away, that frag is probably going over your head, yeah, not right. into you. Right. And, and that kind of thing. So it's, it's kind of a, an issue of angles. Uh, when it comes to that, so inside of five meters, most of the the frag is going to hit you, and they say that's the fatal range. 
than, you know, 10 to 15 meters, yeah, you're probably getting hit, but you won't get hit by 30 pieces. You'll get hit by maybe one or one, two, right? you know, and, 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 if, and if it hits you, lethal. if it hits you in the right place, it'll kill you. But chances are, if it doesn't hit yeah. you in the right place, it's going to wound you real bad. Okay. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, I mean, so, I mean, I, I've only ever, you know, I've almost thrown them into things where I was never going to get any of that, any of that shrapnel coming back, right. which, which was nice. You know, um, I've not thrown them at the enemy in the open before. Um, I, I certainly would if I needed to, but uh, just the, the opportunity didn't present itself. So, yeah. Are there any other to- uh, items within that article that you want to cover? Because I want to take a break and I want to come back and pick up on our next topic, which is going to be the impact segment. Yeah, well, I mean, there's, there's, there's a little bit to it. Um, you know, if, if you go to the, uh, the link that I sent you, um, you know, they've got a couple of bullet points. One, um, one is, um, you know, they say that they also won't be required to pass land navigation to graduate, but they did that years ago. That's not new. Um, and that's unfortunate as well. The, the U.S. Army has abandoned the ability to do land navigation, um, and, and and I have lots to say on that, but we can do that another time. Well, really well, well what what is what is what is land navigation mean? What is it? Uh, it's 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 uh, using a map and compass to navigate um, anywhere in the world. You know, go from point A to point B using a map and compass. And is, um, is that because they've become a reliance on things like GPS? I know uh, there's an Israeli company um, about twelve or thirteen years ago called Tandirian that made wrist worn. I self-identifying GPS units that the Israeli army was using where you could actually see where your comrades were on your wristwatch and where you were. Is it because, you know, uh, you know, look, no one pays attention to hand signals when they drive anymore, but you're supposed to learn them anyway. Right. Okay. (laughs) Right. Right. Like, are we making a mistake by, by, by telling these guys, look, you're always going to have some sort of GPS device. You, You don't need to learn how to read a map and a compass. Oh yeah, yeah. We're we're making a huge mistake. It's um, and that's kind of a larger, longer conversation. But it's it's a huge mistake, and we've been playing games like that, um, with lots of different tracking uh, beacons and this, that, and the other thing. That it's it's just it's all a massive mistake. It's all just uh, um, what what it does is it empowers people in the rear, and and basically they have this nasty habit of interfering. So, you know, you, you get people that call you on the radio in the middle of an operation and want to know what the hell you're doing and why aren't you here and why aren't you doing this. And, you know, you're in the middle of a firefight and you wonder what the hell is this colonel back in, you know, uh, Oman calling you for, you know, and um, it's just a mess. It, it's it's a real mess. And then, you know, the other thing is that, well, that's all fun and games and, and oh, it looks pretty on the screen. It has no tactical relevance whatsoever. Uh, we used to just, intentionally leave them behind or break them and you know beg forgiveness later because they're just an annoyance it's more weight that you got to carry right and and that information doesn't help you you know to say oh well you'll know where all, all the people in your platoon are i already know where they're at and even if i didn't it doesn't matter it really doesn't when the bullets start flying so it's it's solving problems that don't exist and creating new problems um you know so now you have more problems than you actually had in the past so what about that, that's, what, that's what about the uh, the army is, is apparently redesigning basic combat training to instill more discipline? How much more discipline can you get out of a human being? <laughs> well, it's interesting, and I'd like to know how they plan on doing that. The 
one of the, the you know the big problems that we have is that we're a volunteer force, and so again, as I've said many times, any volunteer force is going to be a direct reflection of the society that it serves. And that is if you don't do very careful selection and screening of your people. And so when, when you look around, you know, for example, I'm sitting outside of a high school right now because that's where we're doing the work that I'm doing. And, you know, you look at these kids and they, they're, they're all on their smartphones. They're, they're all, you know, just horribly behaved human beings. Uh, they have no personal discipline, no personal standards, no responsibility, no accountability. And then you bring them into basic training, and, and the drill instructor yells at them, and then they get mad, and they cry, and they throw a hissy fit. And, and so they say, oh, well, we can't do that anymore. And you know, so I, I don't know how the heck they're going to do it, because if, if they don't select, you know, what we really need to do with the military, God's honest truth here, is we need to radically, radically downsize, and we need to radically increase the standards and then make it a true professional army um, if we're going to keep a standing army at all, um, and, and that, you know, have the standards just unbelievably high. I mean, think French Foreign Legion type of stuff, um, and, and you'll get more done for less money in faster time if you do that. But all we're doing right now is just blowing money to support the military-industrial complex, and it's disgusting. So I don't know how they're going to do that if they're not going to, you know, downsize and, and change their selection protocol. I have no idea. Some are blaming a lot of these problems on the entry of women into the military. I don't think that's it. I I think a lot of the women who join the military are pretty badass quite often. Uh, No, they're not. I I won't give them an ounce of credit, and and they're not. They're they're moochers that are there to take advantage of the freebies. That's the majority of them. And and I don't care how many people I piss off in saying that. It's the truth. They're, They're a liability at every step of the game. And it's ridiculous. Um, but that's not, that's a whole nother conversation there. Um, and, and that's not, you know, I. Well, wait, I will, wait, wait, wait. But what, why, in, in, in the Reader's Digest version, and we can actually come back and do this show, and we probably need to because now the statement that you made, it's obviously <laughs> some people are going to be inflamed by it and they're, they're going to be triggered by it. Um, Good. Um, I hope so. <laughs> why? Is it because women in general don't have the strength and aggressiveness? Of men, or is there something else going on here? There's a whole host of different things. I mean, obviously, number one is uh, is the strength issue, um, and and we're not even talking maximal strength. It's it's the strength, it's the stamina, it's you know uh, the upper body strength is is big. Um, a lot of people like to point out that, and and so I guess it's important to make this distinction. A lot of people will point out, well, hey, you know, when we look at marathon runners and we look at uh, triathletes and all that sort of thing, um, they say, well, you know, women do pretty darn well at the world class level in these in these things, and women have you know seventy five percent of the um, lower body strength of um, of men. And, and isn't that close enough? And they, and they do really well in endurance races and so on and so forth. And I'm not denying that, but everything changes the minute that you put load onto the skeleton. So the minute that you put body armor, a helmet, a rucksack, a weapon, all of that sort of thing, it all changes radically. And that's where the, the, the biological differences in strength between men and women comes in so, uh, so much and so big. Um, you know, body armor again. You know, has a has a uh, uh, even worse effect on women, not because of the way it fits, but the fact that they've only got fifty to fifty five percent of upper body strength. So their in, their ability, you know, I mean, women get injured by the equipment itself 
so much more than men do, and it's already catastrophic on the men. Um, but then when you cut that uh, lung capacity by a third in a man, it's closer to a, a half in women um, because of the fit and because of their structure and because of their strength. So, you know, it's like all the way down the line, you know, it's a liability. And, I, and I, it's not like I have an anti-woman thing going on per se. It's that facts are facts and reality is reality. And the thing that you have to understand about the way, you know, the way of men and the way of warriors is that anything and anyone, male or female, that is a liability to that squad or that platoon has to go. Because that's how you destroy combat effectiveness, is to destroy the psychological and the physical bonds between those people. Um, I have never in my life ever encountered a female in the military that can pull her own weight, especially physically, accompanying infantry and special operations. And what I see every single time is, is the whole social sexual thing happens, uh, which means that when you put men and women together, they're going to have sex. They're going to pair off. It happens every single time. And then they get the men to do the work for them and claim credit for it in their reports. Wow. And it's, you know, it just goes downhill from there as if that wasn't bad enough. Wow. Um, I mean, that doesn't even begin to touch the psychological stuff. Um, it, 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 so it's just, it's just a mess. Um, if, if they really want to have that, then what they need to have is all female units, the way that the Soviets did it. And even then there were so many problems with those units that they had to have male leadership under the communist system, uh, to keep them straightened out. So, um, and, you know, anytime that the women came anywhere near a male unit, uh, the penalty for association with a member of the opposite sex was immediate death. And a political commissar would put a makarov to your head and kill you if they found you, you wow. know. Um, so it's uh, anyone that's spouting any of this drivel that, oh, no, it's, it's this utopia and, it's, you know, women can do anything men can do. Women are very talented at the things that they're very talented at doing. And men are very talented at the things that men can do. But to say that they're the same is a flat-out lie, and I will not tolerate that dishonesty. I just won't. I know. So. No, it's, it's, it's a, and that's about political correctness. Like, you know, people who are shaking their heads going, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong. You're not wrong, Prove but it. they just don't want to agree to it. <laughs> you know, Show me the evidence, yeah. you know? Yeah. I mean, I've got 16 deployments. I've been there. I've done that. And I don't know a man who's been there with me that'll say different. In uh, fact, I don't know many women that have been there with me that'll say differently. Interesting. Interesting. All right, let's do this. Let's yeah. take a break, and let's come back, and let's start talking about uh, the next topic. How's that sound? Okay. All right. It. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with more Military Fitness Radio. When's the last time you look forward to taking your pre-workout? I mean, like thinking about it the night before, shaking it up, anticipating the way it tastes. The music starts to thump louder. The weight starts to get lighter. Get ready to feel that way. Bounty Hunter is that pre-workout. Bounty Hunter will make you believe in pre-workouts again. Get free shipping with code SHR on a jug of ridiculously delicious, badass vanilla bourbon Bounty Hunter. Go to wildwestnutrition.com or click the banner ad at superhumanradio.net. 74% of Americans are living with digestive issues. They take pills and potions to mask the symptoms but never address the root cause. Introducing GI Ultramax Pro, a complex of scientific 
scientifically substantiated all-star ingredients that reestablish your gut's operating system, allowing you to be better shielded against the bad actors in your food and environment. The gut is complicated, and it takes GI Ultramax Pro to deliver real, long-lasting results. Go to superhumanradio.net and click the GI Ultramax Pro banner ad or visit MotherEarthLabs.com and use code SHR for free shipping. Now, the number one best-selling non-hormonal anabolic agent at PredatorNutrition.com. Progenedrex has established itself as the category killer. If you're having difficulty gaining muscle while staying lean, you owe it to yourself to try Progenedrex. 100% of store reviews rated it at five stars, the highest possible ranking. And today, right now, there are guys pouring their hearts out in the gym with little or nothing to show for it. Don't waste any more time. Go to PredatorNutrition.com today and get Progenedrex, the world's world's absolute best drug-free muscle gainer. Whether your goal is to build muscle or burn fat, you'll find everything you need at Redcon 1. Need help getting a good night's sleep? Try Fade Out or the most popular pre-workout supplement on the market today, Total War. Sign up for their new transformation challenge and win $10,000 or shop for apparel that people at the gym will know that you are serious about your training. Need a testosterone booster that works? Check out Boomstick. Whatever you need, you'll find the best quality supplements on the market at Redcon one. Go to redcon1.com. That's R-E-D-C-O-N, the number one.com, or go to superhumanradio.net and click the Redcon 1 banner ad today. Thrive Market wants to give you $60 in free organic products of your choice plus free shipping just to get you to check them out. Over 4,000 organic products to choose from and up to 50% off all their products. And shopping at Thrive Market is more convenient than anywhere else. Order online or on their app in minutes, day or night, and get everything delivered right to your door. Go to superhumanradio.net and click the Thrive Market banner ad and get your $60 in free organic foods and free shipping today. Mitochondrial uncoupling is the holy grail of fat loss. Making mitochondria work harder raises body temperature and metabolic rate without the jitters of stimulants. Now there is an over-the-counter mitochondrial uncoupler that will let you shred your body down to the last pounds of body fat. It's Trojan Horse. This is the supplement breakthrough of the decade. Go to superhumanradio.com and click the Trojan Horse banner ad. Use coupon code SHR and save 20% off your order today. BlackstoneLabs.com. Trojan Horse. Hey, this is Carl. Start your day just like I do with a high-dose lipospheric vitamin C from Live On Labs. You, too, can benefit from Live On Labs' lipospheric delivery system. No more pills or powders. That's outdated technology. Live On Labs has the world's most efficient vitamin delivery system, period. Learn a lot more today at liveonlabs.com and benefit from their new reduced pricing. That's liveonlabs.com, L-I-V-O-N, labs.com. This is the Superhuman Channel, doing reps with the weight of the world. Do you exercise three times a week? Well, if you do, Health IQ wants to save you money on life insurance. They actually save people money who train and eat and sleep like we do. And why not? Because we're healthier. Go to supremeradio.net and click the Health IQ banner ad or go to healthiq.com forward slash SHR. Take the quiz, save some money, and if you don't already have life insurance, you really should. Because the only people you're hurting by not having life insurance are the people that you're going to leave behind. 
right, so let's talk about impact and what the NCOs are doing to destroy soldiers today. Yeah, absolutely. So I have a, uh, a group of folks that I coach remotely, and I have some really, really great software that uh, is used by the triathlete community, um, and basically I can track everything. I mean, you name it, it, it this thing tracks it. And what it does is um, the guys are using mostly Garmin products, um, especially the Garmin Phoenix 3 uh, heart rate monitor and watch. And, um, I love that system. Um, it, you know, it's, um, I, I wouldn't call it necessarily intrusive. I mean, it's a voluntary thing, um, that, that these guys are sharing all of this data with me, but, uh, the amount of data and the charts, the graphs, the impact that I can, that I can see with this will just blow your mind. It's really amazing, amazing software. However, I've noticed a trend with all of my clients, uh, the ones that are on active duty or that are um, active National Guard or Reserve. And that trend is that when they are left alone to do the training that I'm giving them, um, they just keep climbing and climbing and climbing and climbing and climbing. I mean, it's this, it's this linear stair step that they're just climbing. It's like, bam, 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 improvement, improvement, improvement. They get faster. They get stronger. They, I mean, it's just, unbelievable what these guys are able to accomplish but what happens every couple of weeks is their commanders or their or their ncos will say well we're going to do um unit physical training today and it's just this ridiculous smoke session type of thing and it crushes these guys and and often it's not like a one-time thing they'll do it two three four times a week and you know they'll decide they're going to jump in and do this for a week or two and then you just watch my guys, and, and they go down, just stair-stepping down. And we track metrics. You know, we, we track how they're feeling. We track injury, heart rate, uh, heart rate variability. I mean, it, I mean, there's like 30 different factors that we track on a daily basis. Um, and then you just watch them go down, 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 down. You watch their sleep fall apart. You watch it all just crumble, right? Um, their performance goes down. Um, and then it takes them several weeks to recover from that with good, proper training. And then we get a couple of weeks of good training, and they're improving again, improving, improving. And then they fall apart again because, again, the commander or the first sergeant or the sergeant major or the platoon sergeant decides, hey, we're going to do this stupid PT. And it's not to say – and the way they always do it is it's always some kind of idiotic, high-intensity, crush you – you know, into the dirt, make you sore, make you hurt kind of thing. And the thing is, and this is, this is what people aren't understanding. The, where these guys are starting from is a very low level. Okay. And so they're trying to come up to a higher level of physical performance. And once they cross a certain threshold, what these commanders and NCOs are doing to them won't hurt them. Once they get past a certain point. They are never allowed to get to that point without some kind of idiotic interference from these guys. They have no idea what they're doing. They have no idea how to train. Um, the guys have sent me, well, this is what we did for PT today or this week. And I look at it and I damn near go into convulsions because it's the most idiotic thing you've ever seen. You know, well, we did six exercises for chest 
and uh, and then you know hill sprints. And it's like, what the hell is that? You know, um, and and it's just it's wrecking the guys, and it's it's preventing them from ever getting to a level where they can survive or or shrug off an idiotic PT session like that. Now, when you go into the literature, when you go into the studies, they all say the same thing, that the number one cause of injury in the Department of Defense is command-led physical training. That's number one. So they're getting hurt in physical training, not out in the field. Right. Exactly. And this is, so this, is just physical- a stu- this is just a stupid... To ignore as thirty percent of hand grenades not going off. This is this right. is unbelievable. Right, exactly. Nobody in the DOD has any idea what they're talking about or what they're doing when it comes to physical training. Not a clue. And and it's just it. it I, I don't know. This week I'm having a hell of a week. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm in quite a state because you know a, a number of my clients are are facing a situation right now. And, and, you know, like once again, you know, for the, like the third month in a row. And, uh, and so it's like the majority of, you know, these guys are paying me to get better and their command is, is preventing them from ever getting better. Um, and these guys all want to go into special operations and all that kind of thing. And it's like, listen, like if, if you take a cut, you know, on, on your, on your finger and you let it heal two thirds of the way and then you cut it again and you just keep doing that, you'll never get better. You know, yeah. and and if these guys were were not lying to themselves, if they weren't so ignorant, if they weren't so stupid, it, it, you know, they would look at this and say, you know, I've been in this unit. For example, one of the guys, you know, he says, you know, I've been in this unit for four years and nobody is any faster or any stronger or does more push ups or can you know, can, they're all exactly the same as when I showed up four years ago. And I'm thinking, four years ago, four years with me, I'll make you an Olympian in four years. Are you crazy? Right. You know? But these guys have not gotten above. Now, let's talk about level. Okay? The the level that the majority of the DOD does physical training at and is capable of is like sixth-grade girls. Okay? I've done the research. They're, the, you know, they're running, and, and what... Sixth grade girls can do, for example, in gymnastics classes and whatnot. In fact, sixth grade girls can usually kick the crap out of most soldiers. <laughs> and and these guys are going, well, we're the elite 82nd Airborne whatever. It's like, no, you're not. Okay? A sixth grade girl could crush you, you know? A sixth grade athlete, you know, right. if you will. Right. I mean, you should see what these girls are running, you know, on, in cross country and track in sixth grade, my God, you know, and what, what the military considers to be best of the best is, is, um, you know, if you're maxing your physical training, your, or your PT test, your, your physical fitness test, you know, the level of that is, is freshman girls. In fact, freshman girls are better than that. Um, what, what, what the, what the military considers to be basically elite is what it takes to get onto a freshman girl's uh, track or cross-country team. Wow. And they're calling that elite. Um, and, and I'm sorry, I just, I just can't do it. I just can't go there. I will, you know, once again, it's, 
we're perpetuating lies and self-delusion, and, and I simply won't do it. You know, I just won't do it. Um, and, um, and, and then, you know, you get this built-in, you know, when I start talking about where we should be, everyone just shuts down, and they say, well, we can't do that. You know, oh, I'm too old, or I'm this, or I'm that. It's like, no, you're training wrong. You should see what I can do with 50-year-olds. Are you kidding? It, you know, but they just, for whatever reason, they get in that box and they don't want to go anywhere. And I guess, you know, part of the thing about this show is, I guess every once in a while I need to throw out some encouragement. And on a day like this, you know, I just really think they deserve the hate and discontent that I'm bringing to the table for, for all of this. Because I've been working on this for 20 years. And, um, and well, now well, but, but, but something you just said, I, I, something you just said, and I was thinking about it. Like the lack of progress in all these years, like like yeah. so. In other words, pick a sport, powerlifting. If those yep. guys were training powerlifters, we would still be trying to break the eight hundred pound bench press. We'd still trying to be trying to break the four hundred pound bench yeah. press. Yeah, like like there you would know? be. There, I mean, there would be no progress at all. It seems like no, no, and and they're always injured. I mean, every service member. Um, especially in combat arms, statistically speaking, will be injured 2.5 times a year. I mean, that's crazy, you know. And then the average time out uh, for that is three months for each injury, you know, that, that you're on profile and not able to train um, to, 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 uh, to train well. And so, you know, when, they, when, when the military sits here and they say, well, we need more, more money and we need more machines and we need, you know, no, no. Take all those machines away. Give me, you know, give me 250 guys, uh, rifles, webbing, rucksack, bullets, and, uh, and some food and water, and, and we'll do things that entire divisions can't do um, simply from proper training. I mean, it's that simple. Um, but, you know, they've never, they've never prioritized it. And, and, and there's a great, um, if you guys, you know, if you're listening and you really want to get the truth on this, um, just get on Google. Um, it's, this is available on, on, um, Amazon as well. But if you, t- um, if you type in, um, oh gosh, what is his name? Something, uh, uh, East, someone, someone B East. Damn it. I'll, I'll come up. It'll with come to you. It'll break. come to you. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So but, but anyway. there's a professor at West Point did an entire history of physical training in the U S military and by the time you're done reading that 300 pages, you will, you will, you will really want to uh, release some anger somewhere in some way somehow, um, because you'll you'll see the fact that they they've never bothered to prioritize it. Even now, when they pay it lip service, they've they've never prioritized it. Not in the entire history of the army. So terrible. terrible. Yeah, pretty and, bad. And, and, and you know, and then and then and then you compound that with. Discussions like people can't throw hand grenades anymore, and yeah, I mean it, the whole the whole thing is a mess. It's just a mess. It's just unbelievable. Right, right. And this yeah, is the military. It's just getting worse. You know, I, I yeah. did I did an interview yesterday with a guy who has a pretty cool uh, piece of workout equipment called the three X bar. Uh huh. And he uh, lives in San Francisco, and he has worked with you know uh, some special forces people mm-hmm. with this device. Mm-hmm. And he told me that the guys that he's worked with in special forces have been told that they're not allowed to do CrossFit because they get injured so so readily doing CrossFit. And I said to then during the interview, I said, "Boy, 
Nate Morrison will be glad to hear that because you've talked about how CrossFit has, doesn't do anything for the soldier. It doesn't do anything. It does. It makes him a CrossFitter. It doesn't make him a better soldier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So. Yeah, I mean, CrossFit is is you know probably the worst thing you can do as a soldier, especially special forces. So, and unfortunately, there are a lot of guys that are still doing it. I mean, there's certain units that have banned it. There's there's others that haven't. Um, uh, you know, unfortunately, there's just no there's no common sense. There's no objectivity. It's all you know this this tactical snowflake emotional uh, virtue signaling BS. You know where. Oh look at me! I I worked really hard for twenty minutes. It's like, well, that that has nothing to do with crossing two mountain ranges and hitting a compound at night in Afghanistan. <laughs> I mean, what what are you talking about, man? You know, <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> that really is funny. I want to I want to take yeah. a break and and uh, and let's give people some positive stuff. Let's get into the force production yeah. method of training because I'm having great success with it, and I can talk awesome. I, can, I can talk about it uh, pretty freely. Excellent. So. If you want to work with Nate, go to militarymultisport.com. You don't have to be in the military. If you just want to be in that type of conditioning, you can be there. Just wait till your foot heals up after your surgery. That's all. Stay tuned. We'll wrap it Something crunchy from the company that gave us the Quest Protein Bar now comes the Quest High Protein Potato Chips with 21 grams of high quality protein and only 5 grams of carbs and no artificial ingredients. Just like Quest Bars, you'll feel like you're cheating, but you're not. Go to superhumanradio.com and click the Quest High Protein Potato Chip banner ad today and get ready to be satisfied. Thanks to Quest Nutrition, chips just aren't what they used to be. What if a sports nutrition company actually let you try all of their best products for free before you ever bought one? You'd be dreaming, right? Well, you're not dreaming. Head over to efxsports.com and grab their new sample kit that includes not one, not two, but six of their top sellers. That's right. Six different samples of their top sellers sent out to you immediately to try. Just cover a small shipping and handling fee, and they're on their way to you. See for yourself why EFX Sports has taken the industry by storm and why so many athletes worldwide depend on their products, dominate their competition safely and legally. Head over to EFXSports.com right now and click the EFX Sample Kit in the online store and get your free kit today. Once again, that's EFXSports.com. Hey, this is Carl. Start your day just like I do with a high-dose lipospheric vitamin C from Live On Labs. You, too, can benefit from Live On Labs' lipospheric delivery system. No more pills or powders. That's outdated technology. Live On Labs has the world's most efficient vitamin delivery system, period. Learn a lot more today at liveonlabs.com and benefit from their new reduced pricing. That's liveonlabs.com, L-I-V-O-N, labs.com. New Mass Pro Synthogen X2 just upped its own legendary game. To distance itself even further from the rest of the pack, Synthogen X2 now has double the key active ingredients. If you've ever wondered what steroid-like recovery feels like, Synthogen X2 delivers. See why others compare it favorably to powerful bodybuilding drugs at synthogen.com. 
Mass Pro Synthogen. When you train with it, you'll gain with it. The benefits of a ketogenic diet are immeasurable. Health, resist disease, mental function, and even performance. But getting into ketosis can take weeks, if even at all. Now you can get into ketosis in 10 minutes. Ketokana is the first ketone powder that has been clinically shown to switch you into a ketogenic state by providing a rush of ketones into the bloodstream. Like to train fasted or want to spare more muscle glycogen during workouts? Take a shot of Ketokana and hit it hard. Go to superhumanradio.com and click the Keto Cana banner ad today. There are a few products that I believe in the way I believe in Can-C eye drops. I've been using Can-C for six months now, and the changes in my vision are nothing short of amazing. Wow, that's an old commercial. The truth is I've been using Can-C eye drops for 11 years now, and I credit Can-C eye drops as being the reason that I do not need reading glasses at 58 years old. Can-C eye drops improve the quality and health of your eyes indefinitely. That's why I both use and endorse Cansee eye drops. Go to wisechoicemedicine.com and learn about how Cansee eye drops can improve the health of your eyes and the quality of your vision today. Mitochondrial uncoupling is the holy grail of fat loss. Making mitochondria work harder raises body temperature and metabolic rate without the jitters of stimulants. Now there is an over-the-counter mitochondrial uncoupler that will let you shred your body down to the last pounds of body fat. It's Trojan Horse. This is the supplement breakthrough of the decade. Go to superhumanradio.com and click the Trojan Horse banner ad. Use coupon code SHR and save 20% off your order today. BlackstoneLabs.com. Trojan Horse. Spit that out right now. This is the Superhuman Channel. Welcome back. So Liam Tweed and I uh, were sharing some messages on pa- uh, Patreon. Those of you who don't know, Superhuman Radio has a commercial-free version on Patreon. You can go there and you can listen to the show without the commercial breaks. It's just the discussions, if you will, and obviously some live red commercial spots. I don't want to – people – already telling me, well, you said it was commercial-free and you're reading spots. I have to read those spots. People pay to have the show produced, and I can't, unless you want me to go out of business, you know, got to make some money somewhere. But anyway, so Liam said to me in a discussion we were having about something else that the uh, Arthur Jones method of hit has been pretty much abandoned over the past 40 years because it just really doesn't work for most people, and I get it. Because the reality is, there's always a reason, unless you are the super elite of the super elite, there's always a reason why you cannot go to complete muscular failure in one, re- in one set. You get tired, um, you know, you get out of position, your form starts to suck, uh, you know, and, and, and so you stop. And uh, quite often you call it failure, but really the truth is you had a little bit more gas in the gas tank, but for some reason you stopped. Well, Nate has solved that problem with the force production method of training. And the approach to the force production method of training is so simple. It's so simple. It, 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 it's silly. You do a second <laughs> set, you do a second set to failure. You'll end up failing sooner. You'll fail legitimately. You'll really fail. You know, if you pick a weight in a bench press, you bust out 16 reps and you're like, oh, that's it. I gotta, I gotta rack the bar. I'm gonna get stapled to the bench. When you get back under there after your 90 seconds of rest, you're probably going to fail at 11, maybe 9. Now you really failed, okay? So 
Nate Morrison has taken what Arthur Jones couldn't make work and made it work by adding a second set that he calls a check set. Let's check and see if you really did fail on that number. Because theoretically, if I do that bench press and I fail on 16, and the next set, I fail on 19, well, that first set was a (laughs) warm-up. That wasn't a failure set. So pick it up up from there. Good. Talk about it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, um, yeah, so, you know, I I got into power training uh, a while back with, uh, you know, I was looking at what the triathlete world is doing with, uh, with power and, and, and power output and power output curves and all that kind of fun stuff. And, um, so I, I actually didn't come at this from the Arthur Jones, uh, perspective. Uh, I, I developed this actually before I really dug into what Arthur Jones did when I did, um, uh, I did a book on, um, an, an ebook on, uh, high intensity training which I think is one of probably my favorite of the 26 that I've written over the last 20 years, um, just because I, I think it's just a really enlightening book. But, um, but when, when you look at that, when you look at power output and when you look at overtraining and, and, and all of that, it, you, know, you can look at it like a bell curve where there's an optimal amount of work that you're doing um, or an optimal amount of arousal. I mean, you can use the bell curve for almost anything in life. Um, in fact, most things in life, tend to follow a bell curve and, and we're wise if we, if we pay attention to that. And so I said, well, what is, what is it? How do we get to a point where uh, we're doing just enough, but not too much? Um, and, and, and how do we stimulate and not annihilate? And how do we avoid overtraining and all that other sort of fun stuff? And it occurred to me that, well, now, wait a minute. If I'm producing force and then if I can't, if, if I'm doing the same amount of weight, but I can't do the same amount of reps, then I'm in decline. I've come over the top of that bell curve and I'm in decline and I'm just doing damage. And, and we don't want to do damage. We just want to stimulate growth. We want to, we want to stimulate a positive homeostasis, uh, uh, feedback loop, not a negative one. Um, and we want to set the body up for success. So the way that I do this, uh, the way that I do it personally is if I go into the gym, let's say, uh, we're going to do bench press. I'll do, one set that's kind of a warm up and it's going to be really, really light. Um, yeah. you know, I'll, I'll throw on maybe 95 pounds and just practice neurologically where that bar is going to go and how I'm going to do this. Then I go right up to my work set. Um, and so let's say, you know, if I'm interested in hypertrophy, I'll, let, let's say I do 80% of my one rep max. I put that on the bar and I, and I give it everything I've got. Okay. Um, and, and I'll go to failure there. Um, and, and I don't necessarily need to go to the point where I need to have the bar lifted off my chest. I'll go to the point where it's like, okay, the next rep is extremely iffy and maybe I do, maybe I don't have a spotter, but I'm, I'm done there. Okay. Um, and, and, you know, so you have use some common sense here and always use a spotter. Um, so anyway, you rack that and I'll take up to three minutes of rest, but you know, if, if you're into 90 seconds, that's fine. Um, no big deal. And then I go back and I'll, I'll do a check set now. And, and there's a little bit more to this story, but I'll, I'll go back and I'll do, I guess every set after that kind of becomes a check set. So the next set I'll, 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 you know, I'll do it. And maybe let's say I got 10 reps that time. Now let's say this time I got 12. Oh, well, interesting. I guess I wasn't, you know, neurologically or metabolically or something was going on where I didn't, I didn't do all the work that I should have and could have, but I got 12 
uh, 12 reps that time. So each time you do this, you're going to check it with one more set. So you're, okay, well, let's do one more, make sure. Well, let's say on that third set, well, I only get 10. Okay, well, well, you're done. You know, that, that's it. Just walk away from it at that point. Um, and there's a few little variations on that, on that theme, like what you've been doing, Carl. Um, so you're giving it everything you've got, go to full failure, check it one more time. Yeah. Usually you put in the work. It's just some people respond a little bit differently. Well, and then, then, and then, uh, so a lot of people will say, yeah, but you're not doing the volume. No, you are doing the volume. You're going to do a lot of different movements for two or three sets. I'm just doing two sets. I am doing two sets because I know I'm going to move on to another chest, uh, training movement. It could be pec deck or it could be decline bench press. Um, but, Mm -hmm. and I also train shoulders and triceps on that day as long as I'm doing this. But the reality is that, what I do in 50 minutes, 5 zero, 50 minutes, the volume of work that I end up doing is comparable to any of the high-volume German programs. But the difference yeah. is I'm just doing it in uh, you know, eight different movements of yep. two sets to failure. And I'm failing. Right. You know, I'm failing. Yeah. I'm failing on, on both sets. I'm usually failing yep. the first set, and I'm usually failing – uh, some number less than the first set, so I know that I'm spent. Right. I can feel it. Yes. Yep. And I and Go I got to tell you, I mean, I'm. I, there's no doubt in my mind that anybody who knows me knows that. I mean, I had my friend Tony Vanetti came up to me last a uh, couple weeks ago and said, "Hey, shoulders." And I, and uh, I looked at. Him, he said, "Man, it looks like you got you know." Uh, he he called them. Um, Oh, what did he call them? You know, a bowling ball, a bowling ball manufacturer. Yeah. He goes, oh, man, those look like AMFs or something like that. I was like, what's that? He's a bowling right. ball. I mean, I'm growing. Nice. There's no doubt that yeah. I'm growing. Yeah. And 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 at, at almost 60. Yeah, I'll be 60 old, in June. You know? but, more, but, more important, yeah. but more importantly, I'm not overtraining. Right. Because, so uh, because psycho- psychological, okay, just one second. Because psychologically, we all know this feeling. You got five sets mm-hmm. to do a deadlifts. You're in that third yeah. set, and you're like, "Oh man, I got two more sets of this." There's none of that. Yep. There's none because I do two sets to failure, and I, I and and that's why I give it everything I got because I'm like, "Oh, I only got two sets. I'm cool." Yeah, it's not like yeah. oh, I got to burn myself out at five sets and then I got to go do something else. No, right. psychologically, you're moving fast. Yeah. So. So here's here's the here's one of the deep dark Soviet sports science secrets, um, if you will. It's not a secret. It's just people don't want to hear it. Um, this whole volume issue is so badly misunderstood. It's not even funny. The thing is, is that you you don't want high intensity volume. You want low intensity volume. Mm. And so when people say, "Oh, you're not getting enough high intensity volume," that that's what that's what the next segment, if we have the time to get to it, or actually, why don't why don't I just bring that into this conversation? Yeah, yeah. Um, let 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 me yeah let me clue you into what Ian Edgar, Coach Ian Edgar, is doing, and we'll try to have him on the show next week. Uh, he's driving right now, so he he wasn't wasn't able to uh, uh, talk with us because he's going through dead zones and stuff. But Ian Edgar did an experiment that he and I crafted up to model manual labor. And so what he did is he went into the gym and uses he used um, 15 to 20 percent of his body weight, which equaled out to 25 to 35 pounds. Okay, and for every lift he did, that's the weight that he used, and he did 200 repetitions. Okay, 
200 reps with a very light weight, which, of course, we all think of the girls in the, in the corner of the gym. Right. They've got the five-pound weights, and they're doing, oh, I'm going to do 150 repetitions for toning. You know, it's like, well, that's not going to work. But he did that for four months. And number one, the first thing that happened doing that was he went from, I think, 205 to 175 in, in like, three months. I mean, he called me that's up. That's impressive. Yeah, he goes, I think I have to stop because I'm, I, I, I can't stop losing weight. And by the way, he's eating anything and everything that he wants. Uh, so then a couple of weeks ago, he said, okay, I'm going to turn around. He goes, I'm, first of all, he goes, I'm going to figure out what my 10 rep max is. So he figured out what his 10 rep max was. But he's doing one arm curls with, he started, he was able to do 60 pound dumbbells. Okay. After four months. I don't think he lost any strength that he started with 60-pound dumbbells. One-arm curl. Wow. Okay? He's now in three weeks. He's up to the 75s. And people are, are coming to him, going, and he's using the force production method, uh, and people are coming up to him going, okay, what the hell are you on? Because we've watched you. We've watched you. You came in here. You dropped 20 or 30 pounds over four months. And now you're gaining muscle like you're on roids. So what are you taking? And he's like, nothing. I built a base of low-intensity work. Yeah. And now I'm challenging myself with this force production method And in every lift that he does. And he said now he can't stop putting on muscle. He's 42 years old. He's never put muscle on this fast in his entire life. He's one of the strongest and biggest dudes I've ever known in my life. So, so I want to um, I want to talk about stress for a second. <clears throat> yeah, one of the things that's been elucidated <clears throat> more recently in science, and this pertains to, this started out with women. Yeah, postmenopausal women don't respond well to stress. Postmenopausal right. women, the harder they work, their metabolism slows down. They st- they they, mm-hmm. they maintain body fat. So we we started to learn from that that. We all have a threshold of acceptable stress. And when mm-hmm. we cross that threshold often, the body perceives this not like you have a goal of building muscle, but that your environment is so hostile that you're yep. in stress all the time. And so yes. the body starts to shut down sex hormones because you can't have a baby. You can't father a baby right now if you can't even take care of yourself. And you obviously can't take care of yourself yep. because... We are under stress all the time. And right. the body also says muscle is a luxury. We have to feed it. We have to gather calories. Uh, we are yeah. not going to be adding any new muscle because you, your life sucks. You're in stress all the time. So mm-hmm. we're, we're just starting to understand the threshold of what the body feels is its sweet spot where it will say, Life is good. I can add muscle. We're good. We're good. Yep. We, 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 we get hungry. We eat. And we're not under a lot of stress all the time. We're not working so friggin' hard to get those calories in. That's how right. the body looks right. at things. So yep. when you look at a construction worker and they say, hey, you see all these bricks? We got to get them up there on the second floor. He doesn't look at those bricks and go, okay, how can I make this the hardest I possibly can on myself? I know. Right. I'm going to carry yep. them all up at one time and crush myself. That is the normal Modus operandi of the average trainer. I'm going to crush it. I'm going to crush myself. But when you look at what really happens when you're looking at things from a labor standpoint, you're saying, I've got eight hours to get this job done. 
I intend mm-hmm. to move all those bricks. I'm going to have to do them in two buckets, 12 bricks a bucket at a time. And you get the job done. You end up doing all the work. You end up doing all the work, and you're not crushed. you got to go out with your buddies yeah. after that and have a drink. This, in my humble opinion, is a very, very overlooked paradigm of the human body and how it deals with stress. If you are crushing yourself, you are literally going to stop the progress you want. Yes. You're exactly right. And, and, you know, I came across that, you know, that's part of what I was looking at with the bell curve. You know, I was looking at what, what are we doing to ourselves metabolically as well? Because when you get into the, the physiology of doing high intensity, high volume, what you're doing hormonally it, it is just astonishingly. I mean, it just wrecks you. So, I mean, first of all, and, and you see this a lot in, um, excuse me, in the CrossFit community where, you know, these people age faster than anyone you've ever seen <laughs> um, because, you know, they've got so much acid in their bodies and there's so many free radicals that aren't being quenched. Um, and their, and, and their cortisol is so high. I mean, these people, they, 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 you know, they, they work themselves into the ground, um, on the bodybuilding side. I mean, it's just, it's really interesting. I mean, think about it. If you're on the bodybuilding side or whatever it is that you're doing out there, what I, the first thing you have got to do is think very long, hard and honestly with yourself and say, how much better are you really today than you were one, two, three, five, ten years ago. Most people have they, they have a heyday that they remember. That one time in college or in high school or in their early twenties when they go, I was so fit back then. And then they, they associate it with the program they were doing at the time. <laughs> and and that's not true. Um but what you know and, and so then there's all like they say the old oh the volume, the volume, the volume. When your body can handle the volume you'll be able to do the volume, right? you know? But this idea, like, I mean, I'm a big fan of Charles Staley's, you know, escalating density training. Yes. But, boy, you better have some history behind you before you do that. Because it's going gr- to grind you up. It will tear you to pieces in, in days, you know? Um, I'm, I'm a big fan of that program, and I use it surgically. You know, when I have a client, that, and I know when and where he needs it, Oh yeah. Oh, we do it. Oh, darn right. We do it, but we use it surgically and then we back off. We just use it where we need it for what we want it for. Um, that's not something I would tell anyone that they need to use. And I mean, this whole idea of, well, you need the volume. I think it comes from where people, you know, they, I I love, you know, it's like religious people, you know, they love to cherry pick the Bible and I'm not looking to get into a, a religion, uh, uh, conversation per se, but people treat strength training the same way as, they cherry pick it. Oh, well, I need this volume. Oh, yeah, you do need volume. They just ignore the fact that it has to be low, low intensity, not high intensity. And, and they say, well, you know, if I'm not working hard, I'm not making progress. That's one of the things I love about the remote coaching that I do because my clients ask me pretty frequently, man, I'm, just, I'm not really sure if I'm – they're just all over the place. I go, hey, um, you might want to log on and look at what your progress actually is or – did you notice that you set seven new personal records on that last run that we did? Did, did you notice that you're doing this and not that now? I mean, why aren't you looking at these metrics? Man? Because they don't feel you know? it. They don't feel it. So they don't, they don't think anything's happening. And, and I don't want them to feel it because if they feel it, it means that tomorrow's training is compromised. 
And the thing is that people don't understand is that it's consistency that counts. I don't give a damn how sore you are. If, you know, we only have so many days of uh, a week and so many hours a day and so many weeks in a year and so on and so forth. And so when I'm looking at it, I need you to, I need you to train every single day. And if I lose a day or a day sucks because you're sick or you're sore or you're injured, then that's a major problem when it comes to trying to get people to a goal. Once you become an athletic coach and you're looking at this, you don't want to crush your guys. You want to give them the least, you know, the minimum effective dose to get the result that you want. And, and you know, they're sitting there going, well, I'm not sore. Thank God you're not sore. Oh, I thought I gave you too much. And they're, and they're confused. You know? right. <laughs> well, what do you mean by that, coach? No, I need you to be able to do this tomorrow. Oh, I can do that. Good. Thank goodness you can do that. Because in six weeks, you have an event. And if you don't crush that event, you know, that, the event, the PT test or selection or, or your progress checks, that's what I want you sore. Like, man, I gave it everything I had. I'm a little bit sore. But, you, you know, most of my guys, when they do that, they're not interrupted by their commanders. Um, yeah. You know, it, it's, it's like Kyle, that, you know, the guy that, that Sean and I talked right. about. I mean, we, we crushed him for 36 hours. I mean, beat the daylights out of this guy, 70 miles on the beach, eight miles of swimming. You know, I don't remember how many one-mile um, uh, intervals we made this guy run. Um, I mean, the things that we did to him were just inhuman. And the next day, he wasn't sore. Yeah, that's uh, impressive. You know, he wasn't sore two days later. That's impressive. You know, that's what you want. Yeah. yeah. That means that's you're, you're that means that's an ex- that's evidence that you're up for that level of work. Exactly. That's exactly right. But if you take a low a low skill, low low performance level guy and you just keep beating him, he'll never get to the point where he can shrug off any beating that you give him. Yeah. He can't do it. He's not his body is not adapted to be able to handle that. Yeah. And it's something that people just don't understand. Um, you know, you want you want to you want to get a great body. You want a body that performs well. Um, you know, you've got to go the low volume route in pretty much everything that you do, and then use something like the force production method when you want to turn it on. For you know, whether you're going to do a cycle, let's say, of several weeks or a couple of months of higher intensity work for to put on a bunch of muscle, um, you know, that's fine. Or if you maintain you know, 80% or even 90% of low intensity work, and then just take 10% of that, um, of your volume. And this is the other thing, Carl, um, for the guys that aren't real skilled in math, when it comes to volume, do out, you know, try this sometime, figure out what is 10%, um, let's, you know, figure out what 10% volume would be, uh, for high intensity work. Figure it out for the day, the week, the month, the quarter, and the year. And you will discover that they don't all add up. So 10% of your yearly volume being high intensity is not the same as 10% a week being high intensity volume. Right. It's very different. Right. Radically different. But what I'm saying is when you do do that 10% volume, however you figure it out, however you decide to try it out, on that 10%, give it everything you've got but only 10% of the time, 10% of your volume, high intensity. It's very interesting. This is very, this is completely counterintuitive to what modern um, trainers are doing with their clients today. I want to take a break and when we come back, we'll pick it up on the other side. Stay tuned.
Supermarket wants to give you $60 in free organic products of your choice plus free shipping just to get you to check them out. Over 4,000 organic products to choose from and up to 50% off all their products. And shopping at Thrive Market is more convenient than anywhere else. Order online or on their app in minutes, day or night, and get everything delivered right to your door. Go to superhumanradio.net and click the Thrive Market banner ad and get your $60 in free organic foods and free shipping today. There's growing interest in hemp CBD products within the fitness and wellness communities for focus and recovery. Are you one of those people? Then check out the H Hemp Company. Learn why they only use U.S. grown hemp. See how a portion of every purchase at the H Hemp Company goes to helping stop the opioid and anti-anxiety drug epidemics. The finest full-spectrum hemp preparations with benefits patented by the U.S. Department of Health. Honestly, use code SHR and save 20% off plus free shipping. The H Hemp Company. When's the last time? you look forward to taking your pre-workout. I mean like thinking about it the night before, shaking it up, anticipating the way it tastes. The music starts to thump louder. The weight starts to get lighter. Get ready to feel that way. Bounty Hunter is that pre-workout. Bounty Hunter will make you believe in pre-workouts again. Get free shipping with code SHR on a jug of ridiculously delicious, badass vanilla bourbon Bounty Hunter. Go to wildwestnutrition.com or click the banner ad at superhumanradio.net. Age forces popular DHEA plus pregnenolone patches. Buy one, get one free. That's right. Go to superhumanradio.net and click the Age Force banner ad today and take advantage of this amazing patch that delivers both DHEA and pregnenolone through the skin into the bloodstream. Again, superhumanradio.net listeners, go to the website and click the Age Force, buy one, get one free DHEA and pregnenolone patch today take advantage of this amazing offer. 74% of Americans are living with digestive issues. They take pills and potions to mask the symptoms but never address the root cause. Introducing GI Ultramax Pro, a complex of scientifically substantiated all-star ingredients that reestablish your gut's operating system, allowing you to be better shielded against the bad actors in your food and environment. The gut is complicated and it takes GI Ultramax Pro to deliver real long-lasting results. Go to superhumanradio.com and click the GI Ultramax Pro banner ad or visit MotherEarthLabs.com and use code SHR for free shipping. Whether your goal is to build muscle or burn fat, you'll find everything you need at Redcon 1. Need help getting a good night's sleep? Try Fade Out or the most popular pre-workout supplement on the market today, Total War. Sign up for their new transformation challenge and win $10,000 or shop for apparel that people at the gym will know that you are serious about your training. Need a testosterone booster that works? Check out Boomstick. Whatever you need, you'll find the best quality supplements on the market at Redcon 1. Go to Redcon1.com. That's R-E-D-C-O-N, the number one, dot com. Or go to superhumanradio.net and click the Redcon 1 banner ad today. Eat dessert again with the new 100% natural line of high-protein, low-carb Quest protein bars. I love lemon cream pie and strawberry cheesecake. But you can choose from chocolate peanut butter, coconut cashew, or cinnamon roll as well. No matter which one you try, you'll feel like you're eating dessert. But this is no ordinary dessert. With 20 grams of high-quality whey protein isolate, 17 grams of prebiotic fiber, and sweetened with stevia, these bars will make you feel like you're cheating. But you're not. Go to superhumanradio.com and click the Quest Protein Bar banner ad to learn more about these clean and delicious protein bars. You're listening to the Superhuman Channel. We're ripped and we're ready.
you want to train with Coach Nate Morrison, you can go to militarymultisport.com. You're never going to see me in Whole Foods anymore. Not, now, do. not that not now that I have the Thrive Market app on my phone, Nate. Ah, very nice. Dude, I, I was paying twice as much for so many different things yeah. at Whole Foods than I'm paying at Thrive. And I order online, I order in the app. The stuff shows up in a couple days on my doorstep. Nice. You know, we're all so busy. Who has time? And, and you know, Trader Joe's and Whole Foods, I don't care where you live, they're always in the most congested areas. You got to beat down the traffic to get there. You got to do your shopping, beat down the traffic to get back home. I mean, we're talking... And they're not, expensive. Yeah, yeah, and they're expensive. And we're, we're talking we're talking an hour generally, round trip, not counting the time that you actually spend in the store, just because they've always put these in highly populated areas where the most yep. people are going to be. Well, I mean, Elisa goes... Hey, we need a couple things. It's like, well, pull out the Thrive app. We order it. It's done. We're done. Literally, in like a couple minutes, we're done. And then it just shows up on your doorstep. And my audience, if they go to superhumanradio.net and click the Thrive banner ad, or if they go to thrivemarket.com forward slash superhumanradio, I was given the wrong code. It's not superhuman. It's superhumanradio. If you go there, you get $60 worth of free organic products and free shipping just for trying them out. It doesn't get any better than that. Who's giving you free I'm food? Have to try Whole that food. out. Yeah, who? Whole Foods isn't giving you any free food. No. Every time I go to Whole Foods, whether I buy three things or five things, it's eighty dollars. At least, and I joke, "What the hell did I buy?" Yeah. I go, "That's eighty dollars." Yeah, I, I don't go there anymore simply because of the price. Everything they, you know, I, I can get most of most of what I get there somewhere else. Um, you know, for for half the price. Yeah. And this and Thrive Market is one of those places people should be using, really. And plus, they donate free memberships to people who are economically uh, not capable uh, of of buying this kind of food, so that they can save money and buy this kind of food, especially people in food deserts, you know, where there isn't a really good yeah. opportunity. So they're great. Nice. Um, so let let's summarize here. Let's do this. So the force production method of training requires at least two sets to failure. And theoretically, the second set, you should fail sooner than the first set. You you can then move on to the next movement if you're doing body part training or split training. uh, And you just keep doing that throughout the process. Yep. But but it sounds to me like, from what you just said, because I tend to overdo everything, that I (laughs) I should not use the force production method of training as a, all the time, because then I'm going to end up maybe pushing myself too far. Yeah, yeah. See, here's you know, there's there's this idea. You know, one of the things that you have to ask yourself is, you know, what what the heck are you trying to to do in the end? And I think you know, a lot of people like to kind of live in the dark or, and not understand and realize that you know we can only get so strong, and we can only put so much muscle on. I mean, that's that's it. I mean. You, you know, when it, when it comes to how much muscle you put on, if you do everything right um, in your first in your first year, you could potentially put on uh, 25 pounds of muscle in the first year of lifting uh, of bodybuilding, and then it's half of that every year after that until it reaches a point of diminishing returns. And what that point represents is um, what Dr. Casey Butts calls your most muscular potential or um, max muscular potential (MMP). 
and that's it. And so for, uh, for example, for a guy like me at, uh, five foot eight, um, with, and if I'm carrying 10% body fat at the time, that's, uh, 205 to 210 pounds, um, total body weight with 10% uh, body fat. And that's it. That without steroids, that's as far as it goes, period. End of story for hypertrophy. Um, strength is likewise, uh, very much the same. And we've kind of teased that out. I don't remember the numbers off the top of my head. Um, but, uh, you know, there's, there's a maximum there. And then there's also a maximum threshold for, for that being useful. Because the thing is, is that you can develop literally everything, every, every physical capability together at the same time up to a certain point. And beyond that point, you have to begin to specialize. And when you begin to specialize, you do that at the cost of everything else that you do. Um, and so you can't have it all. You've got to pick something, which is why powerlifters go, well, I'm just going to specialize in these three lifts, and that's it. And they do it. And, you know, you don't see any powerlifters doing pull-ups, you know. You don't see them winning pull-up contests or anything like that because they can't, because there's too much specialization beyond that point of generalization. There's a line in the sand. Now, um, actually, I do know where that line in the sand is. For locomotive things like running, it's 80% of the world record. And for uh, lifting, it's 60% of the world record. That's your limit of functionality. So when you bring those things up to that point, beyond that, you have to specialize as a particular type of runner, uh, or a particular type of lifter, because you are you are no you can't do you can't get stronger without uh, doing that at, at the expense of everything else. Mm-hmm. If that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah, it does. It so, does. yeah. So there's that that you have to remember. So you know what is it you're training for and why, and you you need to understand that. And and usually I tell my clients at a certain point, um, you know, because they say, well, now what am I gonna do? Let's go get a hobby, you know, go get a life, man. Yeah. You know, like this is, this is it. This really is the end. Go get a hobby. And that, that's a it. really good point because some of us, including me, I'm guilty of this. You know, mm-hmm. my, our lives revolve around our training and that's not the reason for training. It's like, it's, it's like, it's like people who never get out of school. They just keep signing back up for a new yeah. degree. They like, no, the reason that you went to school was so that you can go and have a great life, not so that you could spend all of your years in school. And those of us who, and you know, I, I'm one of them. I really am. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. We think way too much about our training all the time. Yeah. So, yeah, and related to that, there's, um, well, so, so then to answer your question on the force production method specifically, you know, I, I would, you know, I would recommend using it from anywhere from two to eight weeks, depending on how your body responds to it. Cycle off and on, you know, um, do, do eight weeks on, eight weeks off, or, you know, for me, I, I you know, two to four weeks on and then eight weeks off, you know. Um, your individual, you know, you'll feel how your body responds to it. Um, that is if you're going to do it for everything. So, you know, like, like with what you're doing, if you're using it for everything, then, then use it for up to eight weeks and then do something else and come back to it. Um, you know, if, um, if you're going to do, if you're going to use a training program where you're doing lower intensity training most of the time, um, and you're, and you're only going to use it 10% of the time or 20% of the time, you know, you could use it indefinitely that way. Um, but, and, and force production shows up in other places too. If you're, if you're a runner, 
you know, what I do is I look at my clients and I, I say, okay, let's see, let's see, even if you walk, um, let's see you walk 10 kilometers. And then I look at their data that comes across uh, from Garmin and I see where their pace drops because there's always a line in the sand where right. the pace will drop. Right. I say, well, that's it. That's the top of the bell curve. Now you're not a 10K walker. You're a 4K walker. And we're going to work on getting you to be a 5K walker or runner. Mm. doesn't matter. But, you know, so it's the same concept, same exact concept that we use. Um, so I, w- I would use it like, you know, in one of those two methods, either either something that you cycle for everything or, or that's the, the, you know, let's say, um, you know, you decide 10% of your training every week will be high intensity work, then use the force production method for that. Absolutely. You know, uh, and you can use it continually. So good stuff. Good stuff. All right. Well, I think we covered it all. Don't you? We, we did. We did. I wanted to throw, um, uh, one thing out, uh, uh two things out. Uh, the uh, the book that I was referencing before it's uh, by a gentleman. Uh, his name is Whitfield B. East, and uh, if you just Google his name, you should be able to find. Um, it's kind of a long uh, publication title, but it's something like uh, uh, a historical perspective of the of the Army physical fitness test uh, throughout history, or something like that. Uh, it's a three hundred page document. You can find it as a PDF. Um, I found it while we we're uh, over the break. Uh, again, his name is Whitfield B. East, and uh, he's just done some phenomenal, phenomenal work on the history of the Army Physical Fitness Test. Um, the other thing that I wanted to close with is um, we have a tendency, and I definitely did it today, where you know there's kind of a lot of bitching and complaining and, and emotional uh, outburst at, at at a problem. And a lot of times we do that, but solutions aren't offered. I don't want people to think I'm just bitching and don't have a solution. I have a solution. Um, and if you're interested, you can email me at nmorrison at uh, militarymultisport.com, and we can talk about it. Um, I've developed a system. It took me 20 years. I have the solution. It's very easy. Now, whether people want to do it or not is a whole other question. Right. But I'm never going to whine and complain without having an answer. Um, so if you're interested, if you're in the DOD, if you're in a position where you can actually make a change, then feel free to contact me. If you're someone who's not in a position to change things, then all, all we're going to do is we're going to get on the phone or email and we're going to bitch about the fact that we can't make a change. So, um, you know, um, so, so I guess don't waste your time, but if you're someone, uh, you know, who can make a change, yeah, get in touch with me and let's talk about how we can, uh, change things for you and your unit and, and whatnot. So. Just want to throw that out there so that uh, you guys know that I'm not just whining without a. Solution. Yeah, yeah, you're not, you're not, you're not pointing things out without having options to solve them, which, which is, yeah, which is frustrating. Yeah. Most people get frustrated by that. Right, right. Hi, Nate. Oh, yeah. So we'll, uh, we'll hopefully we'll have Ian on next week, right? Yeah, hopefully so. And you're going in for surgery. Oh, what week? am I thinking? Next week, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. So I drive to. I drive up. No, I'm. I got to think about this. I drive up on Wednesday. I have my surgery on Thursday, and I drive home on Friday. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, that's gonna right. your, yeah, we're going to be off the air next week on this show. Yeah. Yeah. Someone else is going to drive you, of course, Elisa. My daughter. No, my daughter uh, Elisa's got meetings. My daughter Sydney yep. is going to take off from work, and she's going to drive. I'm going to drive up, 
and she'll drive me home from surgery, back to the hotel from surgery, and then I, I should be good enough to drive home the next day. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, cool. Just make sure you're taking care of there. Yeah, no, oh. no. I'm I'm gonna go easy. I, I won't be able to step on my left foot for six weeks. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna have gotcha. one of those little scooters and crutches. I'm I'm excited about the crutches. I got a feeling my trep my, my uh, shoulder girdle is gonna get really strong from using crutches. So let's. See. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That'll be fun. Well, cool. Keep us posted. All right, then I'll I will, and we'll set up to have uh, Ian on the following week. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Right. Talk to you soon. Thanks, Carl. Have a great one. All right. Well, I'm going to take a quick commercial break, and when we come back, I want to address something that uh, is going around the Internet, and that is that uh, a company um, called Clean Label Project just published research uh, that they did on about 150 different protein powders, and we're going to talk about that when we come back. Stay tuned. Followed my transformation on Facebook, you've been wondering what I've done to create such dramatic results. One of the things is I've started every day with the Kegenics Prime and then trained fasted and remained fasted till my first meal at 2 o'clock. Kegenics Prime gives me all the energy I need while shutting down hunger. And since the ketones are bound to a quad mineral blend, I'm getting all the magnesium, calcium, potassium, and sodium I need to keep my minerals in balance. Try Kegenics Prime yourself. Go to superhumanradio.com and click the Kegenics banner ad today and save 25% off your first purchase. Kegenics Prime. I couldn't have done it without. There are a few products that I believe in the way I believe in CanSee eye drops. I've been using CanSee for six months now and the changes in my vision are nothing short of amazing. Wow, that's an old commercial. The truth is I've been using CanSee eye drops for 11 years now and I credit CanSee eye drops as being the reason that I do not need reading glasses at 58 years old. CanSee eye drops improve the quality and health of your eyes indefinitely. That's why I both use and endorse Cansey Eye Drops. Go to wisechoicemedicine.com and learn about how Cansey Eye Drops can improve the health of your eyes and the quality of your vision today. What if a sports nutrition company actually let you try all of their best products for free before you ever bought one? You'd be dreaming, right? Well, you're not dreaming. Head over to efxsports.com and grab their new sample kit that includes not one, not two, but six of their top sellers. That's right. Six different samples of their top sellers sent out to you immediately to try. Just cover a small shipping and handling fee, and they're on their way to you. See for yourself why EFX Sports has taken the industry by storm and why so many athletes worldwide depend on their products, dominate their competition safely and legally. Head over to EFXSports.com right now and click the EFX Sample Kit in the online store and get your free kit today. Once again, that's EFXSports.com. Whether your goal is to build muscle or burn fat, you'll find everything you need at Redcon 1. Need help getting a good night's sleep? Try Fade Out or the most popular pre-workout supplement on the market today, Total War. Sign up for their new Transformation Challenge and win $10,000. Or shop for apparel that people at the gym will know that you are serious about your training. Need a testosterone booster that works? Check out Boomstick. Whatever you need, you'll find the best quality supplements on the market at Redcon 1. Go to redcon1.com. That's R-E-D-C-O-N, the number one, dot com, or go to superhumanradio.net 
and click the Redcon One banner ad today. There are a few products that I believe in the way I believe in CanSee eye drops. I've been using CanSee for six months now, and the changes in my vision are nothing short of amazing. Wow, that's an old commercial. The truth is, I've been using CanSee eye drops for 11 years now, and I credit CanSee eye drops as being the reason that I do not need reading glasses at 58 years old. CanSee eye drops improve the quality and health of your eyes indefinitely. That's why I both use and endorse CanSee eye drops. Go to wisechoicemedicine.com and learn about how CanSee eye drops can improve the health of your eyes and the quality of your vision today. Eat dessert again with the new 100% natural line of high-protein, low-carb Quest protein bars. I love lemon cream pie and strawberry cheesecake, but you can choose from chocolate peanut butter, coconut cashew, or cinnamon roll as well. No matter which one you try, you'll feel like you're eating dessert, but this is no ordinary dessert with 20 grams of high High quality whey protein isolate, 17 grams of prebiotic fiber, and sweetened with stevia. These bars will make you feel like you're cheating, but you're not. Go to superhumanradio.com and click the Quest Protein Bar banner ad to learn more about these clean and delicious protein bars. Age forces popular DHEA plus pregnenolone patches. Buy one, get one free. That's right. Go to superhumanradio.net and click the Age Force banner ad today. And take advantage of this amazing patch that delivers both DHEA and pregnenolone through the skin into the bloodstream. Again, superhumanradio.net listeners, go to the website and click the Age Force. Buy one, get one free DHEA and pregnenolone patch today. Take advantage of this amazing offer. Move over, superheroes. This is the Superhuman Channel. Welcome back. So consumerreports.org picked up a story um, about a new study that was produced by an organization called the Clean Label Project. I know nothing about them. They claim to be a nonprofit organization that examines label safety uh, issues and, and label claims. And they rated, uh, they tested and rated 150 different protein powders. And they looked I'm sorry, 134 protein powders, not 150. Um, and they looked for detectable levels of heavy metals and uh, BPA plasticizers. And I'm, first I'm going to summarize. After reviewing it all, I'm going to summarize for you some things. First of all, the protein powders that did the worst were plant-based protein powders. Is it any wonder... I mean, the earth has lead and cadmium and all, you know, all different types of heavy metals, arsenic in the earth. Um, the plants suck that out of the ground. And then when you super concentrate, which you do with protein powders, right? You, you just want the protein portion of the plant. You get rid of everything else. You end up concentrating the arsenic and the lead and the heavy metals and BPA, I don't know where the BPA is coming from. Uh, that I, I'm, I'm wondering if that's leaching from the jugs that they're in, actually. Um, I talked to Dr. Jeff about this because th this is this is his wheelhouse. He said dirty water, um, you know, uh, poor management of the soil uh, that contributes to this problem as well. 
And uh, 55% of the protein powders they tested, tested for at least one heavy metal. I'm sorry. I'm the numbers wrong. They tested 150. 134 products contained detectable levels of at least one heavy metal. 55% tested positive for BPA. The ones that did the worst were the plant-based protein powders. And it's no surprise to me. Um. The whey proteins that did the worst, well, let's say dairy proteins that did the worst, were chocolate. Once again, a plant-based additive, cocoa. Don't forget, Elisa Profumo, on one of our last Casual Friday episodes last year, uh, came on the show and talked about how cocoa powders were some of the dirtiest uh things that you could put in your in your drinks. Most of the cocoa powders, including the Trader Joe's, um, had very high levels of, of lead and cadmium and other heavy metals. So what it comes back to is that uh, plant-based additives to protein powders. So if you have an egg protein or a dairy protein and you add a plant-based flavoring agent to it, like cocoa, you're probably putting uh, the lead and the cadmium and the arsenic in there with the flavor. Uh, the the exception to that is if you're feeding chickens and cows grains that contain cadmium and lead and arsenic. We know that that used to be a regular practice with chickens because it made them bigger. Um, so the point I'm trying to make here is it's it's not the dairy protein that's bad. It's not the egg protein that's bad. It's the plant-based feeds that they're feeding cows and chickens. And that is further amplified if you buy a plant-based protein powder, a pea protein, you know, a soy protein. These are the worst offenders if you're worried about heavy metals uh, being concentrated in your foods. It's a fact. I'm sorry. You know, Vegans claim that, you know, plant-based protein powders are so good for you. They're not. Not only does the body have a hard time digesting and assimilating them, but they are inferior to dairy and egg protein. So let's not, let's not throw the baby out with the bathwater and say, oh, dairy and egg protein is bad because they're not. It's the processing, it's what they're feeding the animals, that's the problem. Let's address the problem and not throw away the greatest protein sources in the world. Plant protein is not superior to egg or dairy protein. It's not. And it never will be. And now it appears that it has highly concentrated heavy metals. So you can actually go, instead of reading uh, consumerreports.org, you can actually go to uh, cleanlabelproject.com and it'll open up a page and then there's a window that pops up and it says, check out our new uh, protein uh, study. You click that and you can check to see where your protein powder falls. Now, the interesting thing is almost all of the really good protein powders are vanilla further exemplifying my assertion that it's the cocoa that they're adding to the flavor to flavor it that's the that's the problem with the protein powder 
Um, but and and uh, if if you go to the uh, article in ConsumerReports.org, what they do is they lift list the worst, the the worst, the five worst and the five best. And keep in mind that the the woman who was uh, interviewed, uh, one of the scientists. Uh, her name is, uh, I'm sorry, she's a registered dietitian, Maxine Siegel, RD. She claims people don't need protein powders. You don't even need it. You could just eat legumes. Well, wait a minute. Legumes have lead and arsenic in them. They're plant-based. Uh, yogurt, um, they're, if they're feeding the cows the wrong things, there's going to be lead and arsenic in the yogurt. So she contradicts herself saying that people don't need that much protein to begin with. Meanwhile, she completely ignores the fact that we have an osteopenia, I'm sorry, a sarcopenia epidemic amongst older people right now. Completely ignores that. People don't get enough protein is the truth. And they eat obviously way too much carbohydrates and, and other and fats as well. But they're not getting enough protein. The cornerstone of your diet should be protein. But the five worst offenders... Um, when you look at them, they're either they're either uh, plant-based protein, or they're flavored with chocolate, cocoa powder. So again, you got the plant-based uh, uh, connection here. And the best, keep in mind that this organization did not look at digestibility, PDAC scores, uh, amino acid profiles, none of that. They just looked at. Uh, the toxins that are in there. Some of the ones that they claim are the best are ca- crappy protein powders that we know are crappy protein powders. Um, so I, I would be cautious to overinterpret this research past this top line summary. Adding plant based ingredients to dairy and egg protein is a bad idea. Of course, you're adding uh, the heavy metals and possibly other things that when a glyphosate, we don't even know how much glyphosate is in some of these things that are plant-based and other chemicals. Um, and if you're going to buy dairy and, and egg protein, stick with vanilla or, or stick with any flavor that doesn't have a plant-based ingredient in it, like peanut butter or cocoa powder. Uh, for that matter, natural strawberry. Uh, you know, it's it, it, you know, it's really funny how people misinterpret research. They just pick what supports their position. The anti-protein people going, oh, you don't need protein anyway. You don't need protein powder. Every elderly person should be having an extra 80 grams of protein a day, assuming that they can tolerate it. The best way for them to get that is to drink it because usually they become uh, problematic with digestion as they age. Stay away from protein powders with gums and thickeners in them for that group so that it hits their stomach and it digests quick. But don't avoid protein powders. Just be more selective and stay the hell away from plant-based protein powders. They're not good, and they tend to have the highest amount of heavy metals in it. That's all I'm going to say about that. I'm sure I'll get flamed. Um, today is Thursday. I'm off the air tomorrow. Uh, but we'll be back on the air Monday. We have great shows planned next week. We'll see you then. Thanks for listening today.